Hello everyone, and this is uh, episode number eight in our discipleship program. Today's lesson is hardships, suffering, and God's sovereignty. So Jesus tells us clearly that we cannot be his disciple unless we make the commitment to follow him. And quite regularly as we follow him, he will allow us to encounter circumstances that we will perceive as unpleasant and often beyond our human ability to cope with. So the purpose for this lesson is to help us understand the process in which every circumstance, even those that appear insignificant, whether good or bad, they pass through God's permissive wall or his permissive will in our lives. And he uses every circumstance in his pre- in his process um, to transform us. And he uses it um, to accomplish his eternal purpose in our lives. In other words, I may not know in my lifetime on earth why he allowed a a certain circumstance to happen to me, but I have to understand that it's his will that we go through some things based on our lives. And and a, a Christian who does not understand the significance of God's sovereign control over all circumstances will simply and typically respond with complaining, blaming, self-pity, anger, bitterness, and all these things because um, the events that in our lives that we go through, they may appear to be random. But it pleases God when we choose to cooperate with Him by acknowledging to Him that we accept what He allows and we seek His direction for the appropriate and godly response in our life as well as for any lessons that He may want us to learn as we go through it. So, Here's a question to ask. Is God absolutely in control over all that happens in the universe on the earth? Does there exist any other person or any other force that can somehow affect God's sovereign power? Does he always do what is right? Can can God do anything wrong? Can he make mistakes? Is God totally trustworthy? Well, I can tell you right now that all the answers to those questions is God is in control. He is trustworthy. He can do no wrong. He's always going to do what is right, and he will have a perfect will operating in our lives. He is the rock. His work is perfect for all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right as he. That's Deuteronomy 32 and 4. Is God absolutely in control over all circumstances and details of our lives? Well, Acts 17 and 25 says, He gives to all life and breath and all things. Jeremiah 10 and 23, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Jeremiah 29 and 11, so many people know that one well. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, and their thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. God is in absolutely in total control of our lives. Now, the Bible tells me that I should consider hardships and sufferings a normal part of my Christian life here on earth. And I, I should not assume that uh, experiencing some hardships and suffering is an indication that God is displeased with me. Nor could I assume that his blessings always imply my faithfulness either. There's a balance to that. He's a loving God, and he loves me even when I grieve him. Praise God for that. That's something everybody should shout on. So we need to consider hardships and sufferings or difficulties in our life, anything that we personally find unpleasant. 
We will all understand physical suffering as undesirable from time to time. However, because of our diverse personalities, we may have different reactions to difficulties. In other words, one person may watch or participate in a sporting event or other activity and find it exhilarating or really pleasing to watch it, while other people would view it as a total unpleasant experience and not like sports at all. So here's an example of a believer who's suffering poverty from the world's perspective but was rich before God. Mark chapter 12, verse 41 through 44, Jesus sat over against a treasury, and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much money. And, and there came a certain poor widow woman, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called, it, he called to his disciples and told them, said, Look, verily I say unto you, this is a poor widow, and she's cast in more than all which is cast into the treasury, for all they cast in was out of their abundance of wealth. But she, what she cast in was everything that she had. It was all of her living. And so that con that confused some people, but what she gave was the fact that she gave everything she had, not out of an abundance. It's not the amount that you have. It's what you own and what you're willing to turn over to the Lord. So Paul didn't view hardships as something unusual either. In fact, this long list of hardships happened while Paul was in the center of God's will seeking to please him. Acts chapter 9 verse 15, God said to Paul, For he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. 2 Corinthians 6, 4 through 10, Paul wrote, But in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, but pureness by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by loving unfeigned, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold, we live as chastened, not killed, as sorrowful, yet we rejoice, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing all things. Boy, Paul knew what it was like to suffer and go through some things for God because he, he lived it. I'm telling you, everywhere he went, <clears throat> he was tortured, he was beaten, he was put in prison for preaching the word of God. So the apostles also found hardships and sufferings uh, to be kind of a usual part of their life too. Acts 5, 40 through 41, when the Jewish leaders called the apostles and beat them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus, and then they turned them loose. They departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. 1 Corinthians 4, 9 through 13, For I think that God has set forth us the apostles last as it were appointed to death, for we are made a spectacle unto the world and to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake. We are weak. We are despised. Even unto this present hour, we both hunger and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and have no certain dwelling place and labor working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless, being persecuted, we obscuring of all things to this day. We suffer it. And listen, we were defamed and we were entreated. We're made the filth of the world. 
And see, they, they understood. They went through a lot of things knowing that they were going through it as a disciple of Jesus Christ, knowing that they would have to suffer. So we shouldn't find it unusual either when we encounter hardships and suffering. John 15, 18 through 21, Jesus said, Because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the world that I said unto you, that the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they'll also persecute you. If they've not kept my sayings, they'll not keep yours either. If they've kept my sayings, they will keep yours. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. They don't know the Father. They think they do, but they're persecuting them because they think that they know more than what Jesus did. John 16 and 33, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. Acts 14 says we must endure, we must go through much tribulation as we enter into the kingdom of God. Philippians 1 and 29 says, For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. So we're going to go through some suffering. And it's going to be for God's sake. Now God typically allows suffering for one or more reasons, for one or more of the following reasons. One is to build character in our lives. Another is as a consequence of my own disobedience, neglect, or carelessness. Another is to be cast on the Lord and not rely on myself. Another reason would be to help me understand that I, the, that I need to see the needs of other people. Another is to use my life to be a blessing to other people. So God uses hardships and sufferings to build our character, to build to build our life and to shape us into usable holy vessels that he can use. He alone knows what influences and circumstances will best enable him to bless me and you and use us for the purpose that he's designed for our remaining time here on this earth. So Romans 5, 3 through 4 says, We glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience works experience, and experience works, uh, uh, works hope. So every tribulation that we go through builds more character, builds more faith, builds more spiritual maturity in our lives. So don't call the hardships a tool of Satan. They're they're not always tools of Satan. Most of the time, God is creating a character in us by letting hardships mold us and shape us. They're pushing us into his arms and pushing us into his throne room and prayer and fasting and, and seeking his face. These hardships are designed to make us more like him. So we don't, we don't need to be saying, oh, the devil's on my back. The devil's this and the devil's that. A lot of times we've given the devil way too much credit for the things that God is doing in our lives. Now, I may suffer the consequences of my own disobedience, and you will too. We'll, our, our own disobedience, our neglect, and our carelessness, it will bring some consequences from time to time. And even then, though, God is faithful and loving and will use our situation as a teaching experience to discipline us and to cause us to grow spiritually. For example, if, if we're careless with our diet, our, it will result in an experience of physical discomfort or suffering. Our, our diet is what we, we are what we eat. So 
that's that's just an example but if you're if you're an alcoholic and you drink alcohol all the time you're going to suffer because of drinking so much alcohol it'll it'll tear up your kidneys it'll cause liver failure liver disease it'll cause death eventually if you do enough of it now, you know the same way with drug addicts and other things but see uh, the consequences of our disobedience neglect or carelessness are used to point us toward Christ when I know a lot of people that's been alcoholics and when they find out that they've got liver disease and their kidneys are failing them they turn to christ begging christ for a healing and they get real close to him and that's what god wants and it's bad that he allows these things to cause that but we if we go and go and go and go in our life neglecting him and not turning to him these are things that at the last moments of our lives they force us to turn toward him and and he finally gets us to where he wants us trusting in him and so not everything that you go through is something that the devil's doing to you. See, sometimes God will allow us to suffer so that we'll learn to depend on his faithfulness, his power and sufficiency, and not depend on ourselves. And that way we can recognize our own personal weaknesses and recognize that we need him more and more and more. See, if you're never in a battle, you can never experience victory. You, you can't sit on the sidelines and let everybody else do the fighting. You've got to get in the battle every now and then so that he can turn you into the soldier for his, for his kingdom that he wants you to be. So we need to realize some of these things. And sometimes God uses suffering to help us identify with the suffering of other people. We, we need to see that from time to time. I know a lot of times we will suffer so that we can recognize that some people that maybe we don't realize or we don't, uh, maybe we overlook from time to time. God will let us suffer something similar that they're suffering so that our mind will go toward them, go, hey, now I know what they feel like. But sometimes he'll let us suffer so that we'll identify with other people's suffering so we'll be able to have sincere compassion toward their needs and help them and pray for them. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-5, Paul wrote to us, The God of all comfort, who comforted us in all tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them, those other people, which are in any kind of trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted through God. We can share the comfort of God and Christ with these people, for as the sufferings of Christ abounds in us, so our consolation will also abound by Christ to these other people. So sometimes God allows me to pass through hardships in order for him to shine through my life as well. We need to get this. If we go through a hardship, some people's going to look at our lives. They're going to see how we live, and they're going to look at how we handle those hardships, and it will, it will see that Christ is shining through our life through the hardship, and it's a greater way so that other people can see him through us. So that we're not gripping, moaning, complaining, and acting like everybody should be feeling sorry for us because we're going through something. No, if, if we're walking through that hardship, giving God praise and, and realizing that we know that he'll get us through that hardship, other people will see how we handle problems, and it will give glory to God, and it will help other people see that it's a light of Christ shining through us that's significant in the darkness for other people, and they will learn how to follow Christ by the way that we follow Christ through our hardships. Matthew 5 and 14 says, Ye are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And watch this. 
glorify your Father which is in heaven. So when we go through hardships, people need to see our good works. It's 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 not us that they're that they're bragging about. It's it's how they see how we're handling it. The light of the world, the light of Jesus Christ, is shining through us. And people can see our praises. People can see how we trust him. They'll see our faith and it will glorify God in front of them. And it will help people see that we love the Lord and it will help people see that we trust in him and put him number one and and trust him and depend on him to get through the hardships. And then other people will be going, hey, I'm going through this. I remember back when you went through this. It didn't bother you at all. Why? You need to share with me why you got through that so easier, or at least why it seemed so easy to you. And then you get to share Christ with those people. God will sometimes also require us to to reprioritize the things that we hold dear to us. And a lot of times they're idols. They're God can replace these things with his best. He can replace them with what he has eternal benefits for us and others. So he wants us to have contentment. He, he, he don't want us to have focus and locked in on material possessions and friendship and our health and everything, making those more important. He wants us to, to reprioritize what's more important in our lives. Matthew 5, 11 through 12, Jesus said, blessed are you. When men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manners of evil against you falsely for my sake, rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 35, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things which they possessed was his own, but they had all things common. As many as were possessors of lands and houses sold them and brought the price of those things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. So God reprioritized people's needs and reprioritized people's things that they held dear for the betterment of the kingdom. And sometimes God will have you turn some things loose that you're holding on to. Why? He wants you to see just like he done with Abraham, with Isaac. He carried him up on the mountain and he had Abraham or Abraham had Isaac tied up and bound and a knife raised up above him to show God, hey, I'm going to put you first. I know this is the son that you promised me in my old age. And and I'm just believing that uh, whatever purpose you got for this, you'll either give me another son or you'll raise this one from the dead. But uh, I'm going to follow your orders. I'm going to reprioritize and make sure that you see that I love you more than anything else. And then God sent an angel and said, I know that you love me and trust me more than anything else. Don't touch that boy. And that's the lifestyle that he wants out of us. So our, our response to his designed circumstances in our lives are indicators of our willingness to accept what he has planned for us and to entrust ourselves into his care. So Jesus shows us by example what our attitudes and responses should be. Matthew twenty six fifty one through 53. One of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote his ear off. Then said Jesus unto him, Put that sword up. You think that I cannot now pray to my father and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels. So he showed by example how our response should be to people coming to attack. Sometimes we just need to let God's 
uh, events that he wants us to go through play out and not jump up and try to defend and fight and carry on, but let them play out the way God wants to see them. Hebrews 12 and 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You think Jesus himself could not have gotten up and got off that cross or could have turned away the, the crown of thorns or could have stopped the lashing with the, with the cat of nine tails anytime he wanted to? Jesus just endured it because he knew it was the better deal. He he knew it was the will of the Father, and I had to go through it, so I'm going to go through it. So I'm going to suffer this because I know it's your will, and you're going to get glory out of it. The Apostle Paul chose to entrust himself into God's loving care in uh, Acts 20, 22 and through 24. I, Paul, and on my way to Jerusalem, I'm bound in my spirit, not knowing what I'm going to encounter there, except that in a town that that, uh, the Holy Spirit testifies to me that chains and afflictions are waiting on me. But I count my life of no value to myself so that I may finish my course in the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to realize that uh, whatever God is sending us into, whatever he wants us to go do, wherever he's called us to, there may be some sufferings and situations, but it's it's for multiple reasons. And one of them, the most important, is to glorify God, but to be able to see how you handle them. And the other way how you handle them is so that other people can see that you're trusting God for your situation, so they will trust God too. We need to We need to look at these things in a different point of view than the way the world looks at them. You know, Job suffered hardships just so God could brag about his faithfulness. Joseph suffered hardships so that he could be the leader over uh, Egypt to bring his people out of uh, out of suffering and out of um, all the famine and stuff that was going on and feed them and take care of them. But he suffered through uh, accused of being raped and sold into slavery and all kinds of stuff. But he suffered that thing for the glory of God. So our, our daily... Uh, our daily walk with Jesus Christ, the things that we go through, there's going to be suffering, there's going to be hardships, but we need to realize that God has overcome the world, and he will not let us go through more than what we can take, and he will always get glory to his name through the things that he takes us from, and the life that we live in these hardships will be a testimony to other people to let those other people see how we are supposed to handle hardships so that it will glorify God. Amen. Hope this helps you out a lot, and I will see you on the next episode.